Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. And I guess neither of us are named Cameron, so I guess we're having an okay morning, but not as good as them. Not as good as being a, It's always good to be a Cameron. There's always one or two. I mean, there's so many Camerons. It would be funny if we did get the Cameron double, if uh, Cam Smith or Cam Young were to win, and then in it's Lake Tahoe in Lake Tahoe, the uh, Barracuda, one of the favorites is Cam Davis, like not the favorite favorite. That'd be Mav McNeely, but he was one of your, you know, top five, six choices, I believe. So we could have the old Cam double today. And yes, it's uh golf has been going on for a while at this point. Like I wish I'd thought about that. Field. I'd have done some Cam Cam parlors. Can you do the Cam Cam? Um, yeah, there's, Quite a bit, quite a bit of golf is already done. Like obviously, like we go. mentioned, yeah, Cam, yeah, Rory, Rory, first round leader. I'm not even mad at it. It's a good bet. He's six under. He shot a 66. He just Cam Young shot a 64. What are you gonna do? So Rory in second. I guess maybe I should be betting these like top five, top ten first round to go with your first round leaders if you can do stuff like that. Um, outrights that I have up the board. Sanders not too far off, but Paul Casey. Somebody gave me a little shit about betting Paul Casey because he hasn't played in quite a while because he was injured. And I said, yeah, but what if he's fine? I'm going to put a small bet on him. It's 200 to one. He's good. He can play here. And he is a few shots off the lead right now. He's four under through 10. So I'm, uh, I'm putting a lot of eggs in the Paul Casey basket right now because, God, a 200 to one would just – we just call it a year for golf. Just done. He's tied for best score on the course right now. I mean, he's four under. It's he can finish the day four or five under, even get to six. That's going to be awesome. Like that's going to be a great yeah, ticket. It would, it would be yeah, it'd be great just to have him in contention. Xander's right there. Um, who else do I have that hasn't started? It looks like everyone everyone I, I did that has them. has started at this point. I do have some Barracuda outrights that I just put out this morning too, that uh, I think we'll get into, but I did don't, don't Paul Casey bogey me AD. I'm not that I'm a little far behind. Now, did I just jinx him? I think he's messing with me. Hopefully he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't mess with me. Uh, Summer league, two more days of this. Do you have any idea how they decide who goes to like the playoffs or the championship or whatever in this? Like there's points. Do you know what, do you know what's going on with that? I haven't honestly looked into some of that stuff because, I mean, you can. You can bet Summer League Futures. Um, I know one of our watchers has been DMing me. We each have some Indiana bets just kind of for fun. They see like that angle. But I'm not too familiar with the rules. But Summer League in general, what I'm just really trying to watch for here is who's playing, who's getting minutes, and how does everybody look? I mean, these games are really tough. I know there's some people that bet Summer League and, and do pretty well here. I mean, it's an information market. So if you can get ahead of knowing who's starting and who's not starting each night, you know, for example, you're looking at some of these lines, the Detroit Pistons, where if you look at the roster for them, should be much, much better than the Cleveland Cavs. But Detroit's only minus two. So would tell me that Kate Cunningham is probably not playing tonight. Um kind of actually surprised to see him on the roster but these are really good opportunities you know not only to watch him afternoon basketball andy but get a feel for how some of these younger guys look rookies first second year players you know um one of the guys we bet for most improved player josh primo i believe is playing for the spurs this afternoon gonna try to watch a little bit of that just to see how he looks see if i want any more of that mip so he's look at that and then try to see 
which players are actually getting minutes. I mean, we're about two, maybe three weeks away from the schedule release here. Usually that comes out early in August. And once that uh, comes out, now you have to start doing all your builds, trying to figure out who's going to play, what kind of minutes you're going to play. So some leagues a little tough to bet. I mean, from a betting perspective, it really is, again, figure out who the starting lineups are before anybody else does and try to beat those moves and i think you had some fun doing some live bets on totals but i just use it more as kind of an information thing yeah i've bet a little bit into the market again when somebody has some info like hey it doesn't look like they're starting anybody i'm just i've laid some juice to it's just like i'm just taking a minus 130 money line on this team i think they win i haven't i'm probably about even on summer league overall i've had some good ones some bad ones they've all been small and again it's informational uh, I was going to say live betting. I've done a little. I, you know, I live bet the WNBA All Star Game. I forgot to mention that. I live bet over like two thirty five, and somewhere in the first or second quarter, wasn't watching. I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> I checked back. I just pulled up bookmaker again, and the the live total is like two fifteen. Like, oh, okay. So I go to my spreadsheet and I just mark that as a. Minus, you know, $110. That is gone. Those those dollars are gone. And I go back and look, and they had like an 80-point fourth quarter. Ended up in the 240s or something like that. Like, oh, boom value. Boom, boom value. So I am uh, undefeated on WNBA All-Star bets this year so far. I'm going to wait until next year to get back involved in that. And, yeah, Summer League, it looks like there's two more days of it. And that, that's kind of what I wanted to hear was, like, I think a lot of people use it to maybe evaluate some of the awards markets and or you know, maybe across the guy off for rookie of the year. Yeah, it's a good market kind of for that. Like, again, the Spurs, I get to watch Josh Primo. The Pistons brought in a lot of their guys. Curious to see what they look like. The Hornets have a decent squad. Again, that Magic Knicks games might be interesting. I'm curious to see I'll have to see who the Knicks actually brought. But the Magic is five and a half point underdogs. Doesn't sound like the worst idea. Yeah, no, don't don't try to don't talk me into one. You know how I am. I'm just gonna bet that. So I'm gonna I'm moving on to the Barracudas before I start pulling up some of the gods right now because I'm dangerously close to clicking on it. I won't click on stuff and bet if I'm talking. So the Barracuda is a pain in the ass. They're still doing the points, right? Yeah, so it's called Modified Stableford, Stableford. which is a scoring system where, you know, golf is the only only sport where having, you know, a lower score is better. The best golfers play the least amount of golf when they go out, take the fewest amount of strokes. But Stableford is different. It is, and it is called Modified Stableford because they do it a little differently here for how many points. But it rewards um, being aggressive. So just similar to the heuristic where it hurts twice as bad to lose a bet than it feels good to win a bet, they, they kind of uh, make some adjustments for that to make you be aggressive because a, a birdie is worth two points, whereas a bogey is only minus one. So a birdie is twice as good as a bogey. So being aggressive, going for it, you know, if you miss – uh, and are able to par, that's fine. And a bogey doesn't hurt you as bad as the birdie opportunity could have helped you. So, yes, you're going to see, like, I think the guy who won last year had 50 points. So the, the leaderboard will have a lot of them will just have a plus sign. So plus, oh is, yeah, plus is better. The leaderboard is upside down. And I think it's, so like a double eagle is eight, an eagle is five, a birdie is two, 
par is zero. And then bogey, like I said, is minus one. And this is, again, where it gets weird. If you want to get aggressive, a double bogey or worse is minus three. It's not like a triple's worse or a quad. Like, eventually, I don't know if they'll just – I don't think they just pick the ball up. I think they make them finish the hole. Like, don't quote me on that. I didn't watch a ton of this last year. Because – but at that point, if, if you're shooting for a double – you might as well just hit it, get it close, because the triple's not hurting you any worse. But I did place a couple bets, some guys near the top of the board. I tried to model out aggressiveness. That's actually probably impossible. So I just I found guys who you know just create a lot of scoring opportunities when they're playing normal golf and have a few you know tendencies or skill sets that might play well here. Again, these are smaller outrights. I took it easy on this. I did place one this morning that already started, um, which for the purposes of the show is great because he did start the day with a double bogey. So he's minus three already and well off of the lead. I believe, I'm, I'm refreshing the leaderboard right now. The leader is plus four, Espen Kofstad. That's a, a real person apparently. But uh, yeah, Taylor Pendrith not doing good. My other three outrights, and if you look at these, you can tell where I bet them if you use this sports book. These are bookmaker prices because, God forbid, they just have nice even numbers. This is how they move their numbers. But Cam Davis, previously mentioned, I said for the Cam double, I like him quite a bit. He was somebody I was going to bet. And then uh, Mark Hubbard. He was the guy who got in the field a uh, couple weeks back at the withdrawal I was excited about because he had previously saved a turtle at that tournament. But he's another guy, too, where it's just when he has played, he creates some opportunities, maybe not the best ball striker, but he hits a ton of greens comparatively to this kind of bad field. And uh, price wasn't great, but I did find twenty five sixty Davis. If you're listening to the podcast for him, I bet Davis at plus seventeen fifty two again at bookmaker. And then Austin Smotherman is my guy. And again, someone we'll call him a local too. Another one where tons of greens and regulations, tons of birdies, tons of opportunities. Ball striking is, I think, probably the best in the field. Like he's a better ball striker than your favorite Maverick McNeely. So Austin, some other men at 70 felt disrespectful to my smother man. So that's probably my favorite bet. And it's the longest of the three. And uh, none of these guys start like it. Like I said, it's a West coast tournament. So some of these tea times are like three, four o'clock local or for me. So a, a ton of these don't start for three or four hours. If you want to play some Barracuda outrights with Andy. I like it. That's it is the Stanford is fun. It's like you said, it's an interesting attempt to make an ability to score. I've seen it used in a lot of tournaments and country clubs and stuff, but yeah, it's a little wonky. And like you said, it's it pays more for birdies than it hurts for bogeys. So yeah, look for guys who are who are making birdies and bogeys instead of par golfers, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly. Like just playing par golf is not giving. Like I said, pars are with zero, and the winner had fifty points last year. So you need, I mean, what what's fifty is a six six seven birdies uh, around. Throw an eagle in there once in a while. Like you need to, if you want to get up in the forties and fifties, you need a, a handful of birdies every round. Uh, yes, before we get to tennis, I did want to mention uh, Bernard Apera serving for the set at five four. 
when we went off the air and I said, I can't possibly jinx her by mentioning that. She did not. She did not win the set on that serve. I absolutely did jinx her. She did end up winning that set 7-5 and then kind of truck sticked in the second. So all of that. Kind of, I know. I, I do not have an effect well, on a tennis jinx. tournament that is being played in a different part of the country. World. Different part of the world. But I did feel bad when I said it. So I'm glad. Bert, yeah, pair up. What was it? Plus 125. Nice dog price on her. Got home. And um, a couple more. No Lausanne today. Just Budapest. Yeah, nothing in Lausanne popped up yet. Um, no odds to bet. We did get a long one for us um, earlier this morning. Was it? Well, it was somebody else. Um, oh, I can't remember who we bet this morning. But um, Coach Aretta, we do have her. She starts in just a few minutes, probably just as the show is wrapping up. I do have a couple. Danilovic one, correct? Tomorrow. I'm sorry. That's right, Danilovic. That's who we had this morning. So we had Danilovic this morning. That's good. A little money in our pocket. And we've got Coach Aretta coming up here again. If you didn't bet that already, I'm looking at plus 115. That's a perfectly fine number. But two more tomorrow morning in Budapest. Um, we'll bet long again here. Not as big as the price as she was obviously last round, but opened up here as an underdog to Alexandra Krunic. I was able to grab plus 120. This number is still opening. This is pretty early. Um, I, I think plus, honestly, anything is a nice grab. Look like you'll be able to get a good whack at plus 110 something like that but i have her as a favorite here against krunich um just having a really nice week is really putting it together the last month or so on clay and a lot more steady krunich is someone who has a lot of ability has played well on clay and is really peaking this week but is a highly variable player in terms of hitting a lot of unforced errors and things like that i think Wong's steady game and her ability to kind of keep it together here is going to matter even more than what we're seeing in kind of some of the numbers here but just looking at performances honestly and some of the data i have Wong as a short favorite here so plus 110 plus 105 plus 120 whatever the heck you got in front of you that all looks fine Anna Bondar, she goes up against Martina Trevisan. Again, kind of a similar story here. Just I have Bondar as a favorite. I would probably have it closer to minus 120, something like that, um, as opposed to what you're seeing right now. Um, Trevisan minus 130. Trevisan gets a lot of support in some of these smaller events, is a very good clay player in general, um, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but Bondar, to me, the better overall player, the better player on clay. And again, I've got her as a short favorite here. So I'm going to take two small dogs that I make the favorites in Budapest. And those will both be early tomorrow morning. I like that. So let's go Coach Hiretto. Yeah, good job. A couple in a row. That Danilovic, that, had, that uh, looked like it was a good one for me to not pay attention to. Because that looked like a little bit of a struggle through the middle part. Down a set track. and then down a break in the third, so... Yeah. What are you I hadn't marked it as a loss, but I was thinking I would. We're getting, yeah, sometimes you get close. Like, oh, I won't mark it till it actually happens. So, uh, soccer yesterday, Sweden, they didn't cover the two, but they played well. They got the win. I have them to win their group, and I have them to make the semifinals. So that was very important. They did not draw, at least, with the Swiss. I was happy they at least got the win. They are now favorites to to win their group, which it'll come down to the two good teams playing the two bad teams in the third group stage, and probably come down to goal differential kind of stuff. So that'll those will be fun matches. Like those overs might be set a little higher because both teams will be probably looking to pile on if need be. But uh, yeah, today and then uh, the Dutch, the Dutch did win. Whatever the fuck I bet. There's some weird prop. Uh, the over two and a half plus. Remember, it was yeah. over two and a half plus the money line. 
and they got the two and a half in the first half. So I just needed the Dutch to hold on. They did. Congratulations to the Netherlands for getting me a win. So during the day, I went back below zero and then back above. So we're back in the black again. And today, both both uh, uh, plus money propositions. I don't want to call them underdogs. Something is not automatically an underdog because it's plus money. Like it's, you know, if, if especially in this, this is a three-way market. So the Italians take on Iceland. Iceland was able to draw in their first match. Italy was blitzkrieged. And France is usually the one getting blitzkrieged. I mean, historically, but France's women's team looked pretty, pretty good yesterday, or excuse me, in the first match. I don't know. Italy just a bit shell-shocked. They just kind of let them out, let up and it looked better in the second half, but still they were, outmatched. I still don't think Italy is that bad, and I have Iceland rated a bit lower, so I took a little bit of a spicy look here, and again, <clears throat> I'm not a professional soccer handicapper. No? I don't have gobs of data. I found a few sources online that have some some in-tournament data on these teams and a few things that I've looked at, but honestly, like, uh, the first thing I'm doing is going to flash score and just reading those little blurbs they put in, like the preview blurbs and like, Hey, what's going on with this team? And I, I think it, yeah, it was Italy had, and I went and checked this out. Italy had a pretty decent record of keeping teams off the score sheet early and getting some early goals. So instead of playing the money line, I played them in the first half at plus 182. I thought that was pretty decent. Again, it's a three-way line. So if they draw, this is actually a loser. This is a three-way bet. This is not uh, – if you want to play the two-way first half, known as the pick or the draw no bet, it's like minus 160. So didn't want to lay that kind of juice. Didn't think the risk was worth it. So I went Italy first half plus 182. And then the food snob hit me up on well, – like Strong start after a bad performance. That makes sense. Yeah, let's let's get that bounce back. The food snob hit me up, and uh, what are we? I can't even remember the gal's name though. We we are playing a uh, an anytime goal scorer. It's funny. I've I've been playing anytime goal scorers like I don't know every day, just kind of on the side. And it's again, it's it's much like my normal betting. It breaks even. Like you catch one at three to one, and then you lose the next three. But uh, Piedmont. I guess he got it at a good number because it was um, it wasn't for sure she was starting, and then it was rumored she was starting, and the number was still high. So he got a good number at like three and a half. I got about three to one on her, but she is starting up front for the Italians and will score quite a bit for them over the course of time. So I don't know her first name, Piedmont with an E at the end. Look it up. Oh, Martina, Martina. I'm probably not even saying – there's no D in it. It's just Piedmont. Either way, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Piedmont without a D. That's what we're going with. Piemonte, Piemonte. Martina Piemonte. Oh, yes, we're doing Italy. I forgot about this. So, oh, And then in the other one, like we said, France looks like a truck. They were good. I don't think their defense is actually that good. That offense looked great against Italy. Italy was able to net one kind of a meaningless goal in the second half, but it's early enough where it wasn't like just letting them have it. So I don't think France, and I did look at the metrics too, I don't think their defense is as good as all that. I think they'll still score plenty and they'll win this match. But So I found both teams to score. It's about even, maybe plus 105. And... uh 
I do think we see plenty of goals here, probably at least two from France. So if I believe we see two from France and I think it's a both teams to score, I'm just going to take the extra 20 cents and get the both teams to score plus the over two and a half. A lot of the books are going to have this prop. It's not like I'm parlaying these. Like Bavada has this prop somewhere. So you, you can go bet that there if you want or check out some of the squirrely props that you'll have at wherever you're betting this. But yeah, France, Belgium, over one and over two and a half plus both teams to score is the look for that one. And that will close it up on the second round of group play. Once we hit uh, tomorrow, we'll be in round three where things do get there a little stranger because there are some, I don't want to, I, I shouldn't call them narratives. Like what do you call that when, you know, a, a team clearly has has to do certain things where you know a draw does them no good so they're gonna have to be very aggressive at the end it's it's a lot more fun once uh teams and you'll see that too both of the matches will be played at the same time in each group so tomorrow austria plays norway england plays northern ireland at the same time that one is a bit strange because i do believe england actually has the group already on lockdown so England playing the worst team in the tournament with nothing to play for. Handicap that one for me. Come back with some come back with some picks. Tell me what to bet in that one. That is a tricky one. They're they are and they're a massive favorite. Like I'm tempted to just take Northern Ireland at like 40 to 1 to win. <laughs> because England, England legitimately, they have nothing to play for. I don't believe somebody somebody can correct me on that. Northern one. Ireland team total over. Yeah, so they they have six points. And I, I don't know if the first tiebreaker is head-to-head or if it's goal, goal differential, but if they were to lose, they'd still have six points, and they've beaten both of the other teams that could get to six. So if it's head-to-head, then they have the, then they have it on lockdown. And I don't know. I'll double-check into that, see if they've, they've clinched, punched their ticket, because then it is a weird-ass match with virtually nothing to play for and the quarterfinals of the knockouts to look forward to. Um. But I digress. We'll get uh, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it tomorrow. Figure it out. So, back to golf watching for me, Alex. What are you going to get up to this afternoon? Golf watching, maybe a little summer league, maybe some of the soccer. Who knows? The plate is full. Yeah, that uh, the one soccer match. So remember that this Italian match does start in like six minutes. For anybody watching that, that does start at noon Eastern. So the other one is later. That is at 3 Eastern. But that other one is right to bleep now. So hit the thumbs up if you are able to do that time conversion to your local time zone. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Tomorrow's <laughs>